Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non League Podcast. James is trying to be a little bit cultural and going to the theatre this evening. Gaz has taken on a new job with Ben and Jerry, so he's trying to kind become some kind of frozen duo, or even a trio now, as it might be on the pot. <laughs> it's just me, Pete, and Chris this evening. Welcome to episode 44 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. Gents, how are we this evening? I'm all right. The only, cu- the only culture I do is on the toilet. <laughs> how are you, Chris? All right? Yeah, very well indeed. Thank you. Very well. Very good. As always, only two weeks since we last recorded, but the amount of stuff that's gone on in non-league football just never ceases to amaze, does it? it gives us plenty to, uh, to talk about uh, every two weeks we, we get together. And we've got, we've got a nice packed show to get through tonight. We've also got uh, Liam Ager hopefully coming on from All at the Sea fans in from Southend United to talk about their plight which is getting rather desperate and more and diminishing more day by day so hopefully he'll be on with us a little bit later so before he um before we arrives we'll we'll kick off with our usual South Shields and, and Worthing <laughs> warm up we'll get that out of the way nice and early and then everyone can wake up again and enjoy the rest of the show <laughs> so we'll oh, start with go on Pete go on sorry I was going to say South Shields are in a bit of cruise control at the moment aren't they at the top of that league well, yeah, I was gonna, um, I was gonna say for both of you actually, um, your first defeat, Pete, of twenty twenty three, but you have four wins and a draw beforehand. Chris, you've picked up nine points in a week and only two defeats in the last ten. Yeah, who do I go to first and start with? <laughs> start with Chris, the league below. Go on then, Chris. Off you go. The <laughs> league leader. Oh no! Come on. <laughs> hey. hey, hey, hey! Not for long. Not, Not for long. long. Not for long. South Shields will be promoted this year. Um, I was going to change the question. Sorry, Chris. I was just going to change the question, actually. Obviously, that's the question that James used to ask. I'm going to ask instead, when will South Shields be promoted? Five clear at the top, four games in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One supporter said to me on Saturday, it would be nice to do it on, I think it was March the 25th, at home to Radcliffe. Okay. I think that's a bit early. I think it's a bit early. I'd like to say Easter Saturday, um, home to Nantwich. Um, that would be really good. That would, I think that would be about four games to spare. We could do it earlier, but I, I, I doubt it because then you, you, you try to be too clever. However, however, it wouldn't surprise me if South Shields actually did it that early. The, the football they've played over the last three games since we last got together has been sensational. Um, away to Atherton on a on a corrugated pitch, if that makes sense. Um, 
really ground out a terrific 2-0 win. And then two home games where some of the football has been sensational. Unbelievable to watch at times. And um, it's going to take a, a good team on at their very best to, to, to kind of anywhere get, get anywhere near them, I, I think. It's been so good. So, yeah, so South Shields will be promoted. It's a case of when, not if. Has, uh, has, has my new boy Shakumbi settling in? Magnificently. Um, what a what a difference a year makes. Um, signed Mongoy and Shakumbi this season, where last season we signed Hooper and Main, and you couldn't get two better characters this season. They've come in with huge smiles on their faces. They've put 110% effort in and they've made a massive impact. Mongoy with his goals. Shakunbi, a goal on his debut. But it wasn't really the goal. It was just his all action. On a, I, I, said to some, I said on the Mariners podcast last week, you know, a young kid coming up from the south of England, going to somewhere like Atherton, which is no disrespect to Atherton at all, but it was, it's a real outpost. It's a... It's a very rustic place. Like the football ground is very, very rustic. The pitch is poor, and he was quite magnificent. Um, in fact, so much effort that he's put in over the first two games that Kevin Phillips had to rest him on Saturday because um, he hadn't played much football. I think Kevin said he played the equivalent of three matches since the end of October. So they rested him on Saturday with a view to tomorrow night. So you were right, Pete. He's a real handful. Yeah, he only came on a sub against us for Hampton and Richmond. And I was like, why is this kid not starting? Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was one of those. I was a bit baffled. So Yeah. Uh, real... Obviously, you're, you're reaping the benefits now. So. Oh, hugely, Pete, hugely. What a, what a what an acquisition. If, if people, there might not be many uh, listeners will remember um, the season that was curtailed because of COVID. Um, we had a, a loan signing, um, Bali Mumba, who was on loan from Sunderland. He's now at Plymouth, and and, and um, it was a real master stroke of a loan. And although that was a freak loan, you're never going to get that again. To get Shakunbi at this stage, it was a real shot in the arm. And um, it's as I say, the football that we watched over the last, particularly the two home games, has, has been sublime. So yes, um, a case of when, not if. I think as well, Chris, it's looking more and more like it's South Shields to lose rather than yes. someone else's to gain, to be honest. Is yeah, and they won't. scouting network this year because the two players mm. picked up, Pete has mentioned the one from Hampton, obviously Geordie Mongoy was down this way at Wildstone as well. Is there is, is, is the scouting network a little bit better that it start, it's coming out a bit further south to pick up these kind of players as well that will really benefit you? Yes, the the contrast between the last season and this season is huge. There's a guy who's part, head of recruitment, but he's, he's more than just that. It's a guy called Joe Monks, and Joe has come in, and he's got so many different strings to his bow. Well, take Mongoy, for instance. Joe just remembered his name from a, a trial game maybe five, six years ago, and he remembered seeing this kid who was pretty decent. And obviously, he kind of lost his way a little bit, but just remembers his name. It's something as simple as that. Um, they took a punt on him, brought him on loan for a month, and before the month was up, signed him permanently. So, yes, the, the scouting network is better. Uh, and Shields have learned valuable lessons from last year with the mistakes they made 
signing the likes of Maine, Hooper. Um, so it's been a, a learning curve and the long game, I suppose, it's going to Shields are going to come out winners of the long game, I guess. Was it a, was it a case, um, Chris, that you know, obviously it was Kevin Phillips' first job in management, isn't it? So mm. maybe there was a lot of lessons to be learned from last season because obviously well, everyone expected you to be in full time, yeah. going full time to be promoted last year. Well, really, I mean, those signings were meant. The aforementioned Hooper and Main, among others, they were signed before Kevin came. Um, All right. Okay. The, the only signing he made last season was a loan deal for a lad from Sunderland. He was here for a month. Um, didn't really work out that well, but in effect, Kevin worked with the squad he inherited. Um, he quickly realised that it wasn't good enough. And um, I go back to the summer, the the signings made in the summer, and the interviews that those players delivered. Um, all straight away, completely different to what we saw the season before. And um, I've got to say, a lot of his decisions have been proved right, not least with Darius Assay, who was now on 13 league goals for the season. He um, he was put out on loan for a month to Ashton United, and a lot of eyebrows were raised thinking, oh, what's happened here? And Kevin said it was to get him match um, fit, get him minutes, get some goals elsewhere, and then we'll reap the benefits. And we have. He's come back firing, um, and he's now... Catching up the rest of the the, uh, the the league's leading goal scorers, so he's he's, he's getting it right. I've got to be fair. And as we record on Monday, another game for you tomorrow, Chris. Yeah, um, home to Liversedge, who are bottom of the league. We beat them one 0 at their place back in October. Um, I'm expecting a game where they will kind of really sit in with two banks of five, or maybe a bank of five and a four, uh, make it really difficult to break down. We broke them down eventually at their place and I'd expect us to do that a little bit earlier at our place. Um, I mean, it, the bottom of the league is really interesting because you've got uh, Liversedge, Belper, and Mask. We're, I, I, and we're going to mention Belper, aren't we, for their 3-1 we win at the weekend? They, they have yeah, they Belper beat, Town followers. Yeah, they beat Liversedge at the weekend and um, we could do Belper another favour tomorrow night. We'd like to. We'd love to do that. Um but it's, it's wide open at the bottom because Mask are in there. They've got so many games to catch up. Mm, that yeah. will eventually catch up on their legs, I think. Morpeth are down there for a reason. They are, they're not that good. So if Belper can get a run together of something reasonable in terms of form, there's nothing stopping them from staying up. They've got a battle on their hands. But what I've seen um, down at the bottom there, um, they, as long as they, they work hard and remain well organised, they've got every chance. But they'll just have to start scoring a few more goals. Um, but hey, if Saturday's win anything to go by good on them and a confidence boost for them as they move into the final phase of the season but there's lots to play for still lots mm-hmm. of games to go 16 games left um, so Belter have every opportunity actually I'm looking forward to going down there I, I will make my first ever visit to Belper on the 25th of February so we're looking forward to that it's always a, it's a club Belter that's been on my radar since I was a kid in non-league football it's been nice to um Scratch another one off the to-do list. So I look forward to going down there. I was going to ask you about Mask because they, they dip, you know, last few seasons. Obviously, they've <laughs> they've sort of been up there towards the top of the table. What's what's gone wrong there? I haven't been able to play football. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, they've got that does help. You know, Shields have got games in hand, but they've got they've got a lot, I haven't think, they? They've got 
just stacks of the, they've got half I think half a full program to complete. Now, this is not new. This has been a problem of theirs um, from their Northern League days. I remember when they won the Northern League Division One. They had so many games to play at the end of the season. Last season was no different. And uh, they're going to have to do something with the pitch. I mean, they, we were meant to play there back in October when it, um, one of the floodlights failed. I think the game should have been played because there was enough light, but they decided not to. So they've only, in effect, got themselves to blame for that one. But the pitch isn't good enough, unfortunately. Uh, it doesn't take water very well. It waterlogs very, very easily. has done historically. So... Um, basically, the way they are because they haven't been able to play enough matches. The points per game, you know, if, if they continue that, they'll, they'll be safe, I think. But um, having watched them last week, we beat them 4 2 at our place. They've, they are, we've got a couple of decent lads going forward. Um, boys up front, he, he, he got the golden uh, FA Cup golden ball last year. Um, Chimalilo, they've signed, good player, but they do have deficiencies. And um, I can see them being sucked in. So Belba have got every opportunity to stay up if they want to. And Pete, we can have a cracking conversation about Worthing because I've seen both opponents that you <clears> recently <throat> just played playing each other two weeks ago. So we'll go back to next Tuesday. Long way to Dover on a Tuesday night, isn't it, from Sussex? Yeah, obviously I didn't go. Oh, uh, <laughs> Ooh, there's another James, thing now. There James actually went thing. to that one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know why I didn't go because I wasn't I wasn't allowed to commentate. Of course, uh, yeah. And basically, I, I went I went a sort of um, on, on principle, basically. <laughs> and then then I'm at home and I'm expecting a commentary from from their side. Yeah. And they didn't even provide that. So all we had was a it was a Twitter updates and you're like, you know, um, I don't know what's wrong with their chairman. To be honest, I. I think he's just. I, I I don't think he cares about the fans, to be honest. And there's no respect from Dover towards other clubs, as we've seen with postponements. And yeah, I wasn't a happy bunny, so I didn't go in protest. And and you know, Trevor, unless I'm ill, <laughs> that is yeah, there. I do yeah. not miss games. No, you're right. Yeah. I, I've, I, we've heard more stories about Dover this season. Do you think that the chairman just wants to be as awkward as possible with every single opponent? Do you know what I? Do you know what I honestly think it is? Obviously, when we had the COVID and Dover were in the national league, they had a very big fine off the FA and points deduction, which ultimately ended with them getting relegated. And I, I think he's still got the hump over all that, to be honest. And right. I think, like you say, he's just been as awkward as he can to everybody now. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He thinks everyone's his enemy. I reckon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard a. I, 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 where did I? Was it him or was it? Yeah, I think it was him. A couple of weeks ago, actually, on the Kent Non League podcast, we were talking about earlier, Pete, and um, he did an interview. Then there were a couple of things on there that that I heard him say that um, that would sort of resonate to say that, yes, he doesn't care about the fans. He was saying, like, about... Because, obviously, their attendance dropped massively during that time. People went to watch Folkestone because they knew Dover were going to get relegated that season. They started on minus 12, and I think they only finished on... They finished on plus points, but only a few. Um, so people trooped down the road to watch Folkestone instead, and attendance has dropped. But um, he said that... Because um, I think Matt Matt Gerrard, who's half of that podcast, is a Dover fan, and asked him, you know, about about deals and everything. And he turned around and went, deals don't work. And I'm like, well, they do. And it's not the supporters you're aiming at that are going every week. It's the support you want to 
get into the ground, that you need to encourage that support to gain the extra. So I thought that didn't, that wasn't very clever to me. Um, and there was something else I can't exactly remember what it was. The only thing I did, the only other thing I did take from it though, which he said was that if he walked away, that's the end of Dover Football Club. No one's, no one's interested in coming and investing. I don't know if that's because he's difficult, but if he wasn't there putting the money in, that would be it now. Whether he's been a bit of the architect of his own downfall because of the way he's treated people. I know he was on the National League board and I think Dover were one of the clubs that benefited with more money than they should have done, similar to however many if you watch the Gate the Gate Money documentary. Yes. So yeah, I don't know a little bit if it if it's if it's come from that. But um yeah. I mean as as we know, they're not the only club that stops teams going and filming and and, and commentating and you know, on on your behalf, Pete, I don't see what any of the clubs gain from anybody Stop going in. It's you know, it's a bit yeah. like you know, if, if Bogner turned around and went, "No, nah, you're not coming in," it, it's just, it just doesn't happen, does it? So it's just a bit weird yeah. in 2023, I think. No, it's honest. like you know, every, every club uh, with their commentators, we we let them happily commentate at our place, Dover at our place. <laughs> whether that, whether there will be next season, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. In my opinion, in my opinion, if I was worthy in FC, the owner were worthy or the or the director, I'd say no, you no, you wouldn't let us do ours. So why should that's you right. come in and do yours? Yeah. You, you certainly have a case to, wouldn't you? Yeah, and and that's what it comes yeah. down to, doesn't it? A bit tit for tat as well, which Yeah, if you're you yeah, know. if you want to be petty, yeah, we we can all play that game. Yeah, and I feel sorry for their fans because you see their fans' comments on on Twitter and everything, and they're saying that club's an embarrassment. It's just stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know, don't know what their problem is, and you see all the time, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, no wonder people are pissing off down the road to Folkestone or or Calais, one or the other. So, okay. yeah. so, so yeah. we'll move from Dover. They're just Tunbridge. a little club in France, aren't they? Yeah, yeah that's what they get called, don't they? So <laughs> yeah. we'll move from Dover to Tunbridge. So back up to Kent again. This weekend, did you go to that one? I did, yes, and I commentated on it freely, and the, and the, and the staff and everyone at Tombridge was fantastic. They couldn't do enough for me. They were saying, "Where do you want to go?" They had this press area that they do, but it was a it was a long way from the centre circle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that little, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I said, I think what I do, I'll go in, I'll go in in the stand by the centre circle, which is what I did in the end. And the second half, I, I joined the fans behind the goal. <laughs> and commentated from there. Um, and then we, we controlled the game first half. Totally dominant. Uh, I don't think they even had a shot on target in the first half. Uh, we scored a brilliant goal, brilliant football. Back to France, as always. Um, yeah, and then sort of they, they brought Aaron, Aaron Sibir on and in the midfield and changed their shape slightly. And, and yeah, we, could, we couldn't cope with it, to be honest. Uh, uh, passing went to part, couldn't string anything together, and they dominated. Uh, mistake at the back for the for the winner um, on the on the touchline, and there was two simple balls through the midfield, and the kid he was through on goal. Uh, finished it well, but yeah, uh, architects are down downfall really. A cracking equalising goal from Terry Coins though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's a good goal. This yeah, afternoon, yeah. yeah, yeah. If there's one thing I'd say is Lewis White was there and he was just he was just ball watching he should have yeah. he should have ran to the ball like Tarek did <laughs> uh, but he he stood and sort of watched him <laughs> let him have a free hit a goal and it was a yeah it was a 
it was a great finish. They were two good goals actually by Tombridge. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and I think to be honest, it's probably it's sort of a good thing in a way, because with the room we've been on, everyone's been getting quite excited. Yeah. That, you know, maybe the you know, the league title <laughs> is it I know Epsweet have got had a bit of a gap on us, but we we're like, well, if we can maintain this form. Because Epsley have dropped points lately, then we thought, well, you never know, you never know. So I think, I think it's just quelled everybody a little bit, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing, to be honest. No, I think you're right. Think yeah. if, we, if we make the playoffs this season, it's still a hell of an achievement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I watched Cambridge a couple of weeks ago, and Dover are very much a work in progress under Mitch Brundle. They will be for the rest of the season, but um, I said that night that probably the one thing Jay Saunders would agree with me is that Tunbridge have been so inconsistent this year. They've strung two or three good results together and you think, oh, they are going to break that playoff barrier. And then they've gone and lost them at three in a row and you think, oh, actually they won't. But, yeah. and again, he was on, he was on the Kent Non-League podcast last week and said literally exactly that. Their consistency is the only thing that's letting them down yeah. this year, I think, to, to, to be a top seven side. But they're six unbeaten there. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're, they're, get, the they're, get, the they're getting there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. but then they had to give you a 45-minute head start before they came and played. You know, that's, that's that's the consistent side of it, isn't it? You, you yeah. know, you've got to be the whole 90 minutes all the way through every week, and that's what gets you, doesn't it, the top seven. Um, <laughs> I, I still think you're going to finish in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Chelmsford are having a wobble. Um, haven't, I've heard there's a few issues there, and they're starting to have a bit of a wobble. Dartford and... Epsley, Epsley are, are, are going again. Dartford can't make up their mind what they want to do. And then next two tight, next two games, Pete, you've got two big ones, haven't you? Two playoff rivals. Yeah, we've got St Albans, haven't we? Yeah. Um, then Dulwich Hamlet. No, o- Oxford City. Oxford City, that's it. That's yeah, week and then Dulwich. Next, yeah, week tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Then Dulwich Hamlet at home, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I think they're just all big games at this stage of the season, aren't mm-hmm. they? You, you know, whether you're in a relegation battle or go for a playoff place, every point is 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 absolutely vital at this stage of the season. I know there's a long way to go, but I was I saying know. I sat on the commentary. I was saying you know these games, everyone is getting bigger and bigger now. Mm. And there's still so much football to play though, actually, isn't there? Even though we've only yeah. got probably eleven, 16. ten, yeah, ten, eleven weeks left. There's so yeah. many games, isn't there? Still. Yeah, we have 16, 16 games to go. Yeah, we've got uh, I want to say 18 at Barnet, I think, still to play. Your, yours goes on slightly longer. I, I think ours is shorter. If, if I'm on, yeah, we play 46. And we, we have to finish on the I think the 22nd of April. We finish, yeah, I think we're the week after, I think, and then we go into the playoffs yeah. after that. But yeah, I was funny yeah. enough actually when I was doing a column today. Um, I actually said, though, um, that normally the National League front load the top end of the season. So you've got midweek games in the right places. You've got <laughs> games on half terms and everything where you can get bigger crowds in because the kids are off. And I said, who in their right mind or, or organised a round of midweek games for the last weekend of January, but nothing for half term that will be yeah. next week? It's yeah. crazy. <clears throat> you know, I'm not quite sure who worked that one out, but... Um, We'll have a little bit of a Barnet chat because obviously we're doing rather well at the moment as it goes. Yeah, well. um, two two <laughs> defeats in 20, 10 unbeaten. And yet 12 months ago, we were getting hammered 5-0 at home by Stockport. Lovely. It's lovely. It's like having a football club to support again. Yeah. <laughs> is, there an, 
a noticeable um, change of kind of feel, just feel around the hive, Trev, you know, match days or non-match days. Sometimes you get a feel for a place. Um, yeah, there's still, still a little bit more off the pitch that will still keep coming together. Um, mm-hmm. There's still a few people that want to criticise whatever and they're obviously going to be the ones you're never going to please. Um, but I think somebody worked out, we're in the middle of, uh, as we record on the Monday, we've got Halifax away on the Tuesday, which is our third away game out of six in a <laughs> row. And by the end of the six, if you've done all six games, then you'd have clocked up 2,000 miles. Time. So yeah, our, our lads have got a bit of um, a bit of travelling. Um, I only made the first one against Eastleigh last Tuesday, which we won. It's obviously only an hour down the road. Um, Scunthorpe was out on Friday, so that was a, a streaming streaming job. And we've got Halifax, Torquay twice, Notts County, and then finally we're back home. I think we we play three in a row. Then I think we get one or two away. Then we get three in a row again. We've got so many rearranged games coming in on Tuesday nights. It's um. It's mad. I think one of the games we had pulled off two weeks ago is rearranged for the 14th of March because that's the earliest point we can fit it in. <laughs> and then and then should we beat Torquay in the trophy on Saturday, then that's another game that's going to get shunted to yeah. week somewhere else. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of games. But, um, we have a nice professional performance on Friday against the club. It's had a little bit of a um, bit of an upturn in, in fortune at Scunthorpe. Um, but yeah, it's nice to nice to be able to talk about winning things like you guys have done for the last three, four, <laughs> five years. It's, it's sort of like been sort of the odd one out sitting uh, sitting around you on that one. You haven't won anything yet. Well, Marvin won Man of the Day, so I'll give him that one. Um, no, we haven't. No, but um, what, what do you think, honestly, though, Trevor? Looking looking at that table, yeah, obviously Notts County and Wrexham, uh, yeah. absolutely unstoppable aren't they yeah yeah they're just oh. like you know f- woken a third and they're 15 points behind Wrexham yeah and 18 points behind Notts County that is that is proper proper gap at this time of the season isn't it's it? crazy so, yeah I was still talking to Dean on Sunday and I said you take the top two out and then Chesterfield us and Woken are in a title race um, mm. and I think before the weekend games before Chesterfield lost they, they, them, them, and Wrexham and Notts County are all on course to 100 points this year. Woking are on course to it 92, and I think we're going to get to 87. And at best, that's probably going to get us fourth, fourth or fifth place this year. Nothing more than that. Um, yeah. But we've set, we've given ourselves a nice little cushion at the moment in fifth place. We're about eight points in front of Bromley, I think, who are next and have played a game more than us. Um, yeah. You know, and everyone underneath that is in a really tight bunch and starting to take points off of each other. So even if we had a little blip yeah. over the next couple of weeks and lost two or three games, we're not going to go anywhere because everyone else has got to catch up with us. Um, That's it. But you look, you look at South End in seventh yeah. on 41 points for 27 games. Yeah. That's 1.5 points a game. Yeah, yeah. And they're in a playoff place. Yeah, it's relentless it, this year. This, this league's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we call it the bastard division to get out of the right end because it is easy to get out the other end. But yeah. the boys tough to get out of the out of the top end, and um, you know as much as everyone would love to see Wrexham fall flat on their face again, unless your team's the other one win promotion this year, alongside if not to count to go up as champions, then you're pissing in the wind again next year. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, the, 
That's the <clears> part <throat> of it. Yeah. And obviously, we do worry about our friend of the show, Mark White, up at Dorking, because they seem to be on a bit of a free fall at the moment down that table. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned, a bit concerned for Mark, to be honest, because um, they uh, they can't buy a win. They're they're struggling for goals. Obviously, we signed Jason Pryor at the weekend from Haven, which I think is the last chance to loom for them to pitch up George Franklin from Crawley a couple of days beforehand as well. Um, but something needs to change pretty quick for them. Um, you know, Scunthorpe can have a bit of a bounce underneath them. Oldham have still got games in hand. Grimsby and Torquay have got the opportunity still to get out of it. They're not bad sides. But also, Yeovil and York can get sucked into that little bit as well. So, mm. it's not clear It's not clear cut for for any of them, I don't think. Not yet. Maidstone, probably the only ones, literally, because they've played more games than anybody else. If any of those sides above them win two out of their three or four games in hand, you're asking about eight, nine points to claw back for Maidstone. They've only got 16 games left. Yeah, and I've, I've, obviously, Worthing played Maidstone in the trophy, um, and I, I wasn't impressed with them in, in, in the slightest. I thought we, you know, we, we dominated the game. They had a hell of a flu- fluky goal in the first half, and then they scored. Uh, well, it was basically virtually on half time. Just a, it, it was a, a nothing cross, which has looped over the goalie and went went in the back of the net, and it was just unbelievable. And then obviously we lost two nil due to. An injury time second when we were when we were just throwing throwing everybody forward. So yeah, I wasn't impressed with Maidstone. So I can I sort of understand why they're they're in the position they're in. I think it shows as well, Pete. Like coming up from from both those divisions, you've got Gateshead and Maidstone are in the bottom four. Dorking and York are both struggling to keep their heads above water outside of it. it shows that that step up now, that gap is getting quite big. Mm. We think Maidstone yeah. are full time, stayed full time in the south. Gateshead are full time. Um, York are full-time and they're all struggling to keep up with the rest of mm. the National League which just shows that if Worthing won the playoffs and go up um, you know there is a there's, you've got to fill you've got a, such a huge gap to fill and I've said the same with Edsfleet if they go up I don't think they're better than a mid-table side from what I saw last um, you know last month or sorry December when they played at Worthing and I saw in pre-season as well um, you've got to make you've got to really invest really really invest in your budget to um, to just survive, let alone. Well, I was quite impre- I, I was quite impressed with actually at our place. Yeah, they're good. They're fun too. Good. I like their movement as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, again, obviously, I've seen a lot of national league teams, and um, Maidenhead on a good day would still pull them apart. Um, you know, and they're part time. So, mm. you know, there is that big gap when we go up, um, and. Um, but, you know, because, I mean, like, you know, Dawkins surprised a few people at the very beginning, but it's, you know, teams are getting wise to the way they play, how, who to put on where and how to get around them. So you do have to have a plan B. Right, this weekend coming, we've got the last 16 of the FA Trophy and the FA Vars taking place. So everyone's three wins from Wembley, so you can, can sniff, sniff it. It's in the distance. Um, we'll start with the FA Trophy. And we're going to have one guaranteed team outside the National League in the last eight because Hungerford played Farsley Celtic, which is mm. the battle of the bottom sides, um, respectively, in those two divisions. But you'd imagine that all 16 that are left would fancy their chances of getting through. I'm not, I'm not sure Farsley would. Um, 
We're going to give it a good go, Farsley. Um, well, they won seven one in the last round, didn't they? Yeah, they, they really do. The strugglers in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I've got a, got a, I haven't got a soft spot. Well, I do. I've got a soft spot for them. We get a. Um, David Pierce often puts his um, Saturday match reports in our Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I go and I, I followed David for a long time since Shields and Farsley were real rivals back in 2018-19. And, uh, and um, they're a good club of Farsley, um, but they've just lost their talismanic striker, uh, Jimmy Spencer at the week at last week. So um, I'm not sure how confident they'll be going into that, although they are playing against a team who are equally not at their best. Um, no, good look, good look to Farsley, obviously, from my perspective. Um, from uh, Farsley is a suburb of Leeds, and uh, one for the north would be great. Oh, and I mean, I mean, looking at the draw, and we, and we said this when the draw was made a couple of weeks ago, clubs played each other twice in two weeks. So South End have got York at Roots Hall again, mm. having beaten them 2 0 at the weekend. Aldershot have got Dorking at the recreation ground or whatever they're called now at Aldershot, who won 2-0 as well. And obviously Barnet travelled to Torquay and then travel again the following Saturday as well. Eastley Maidstone, Maidenhead, Halifax, Banbury Gateshead, Bracknell, Orchingham. You can't really pick out a massive great side that's not really an advantage of you in that 16. That's why I think all 16 will think, yeah, yeah. we've got a chance here. Yeah. Gateshead will fancy their chances at Banbury. Yeah, they're having a bit of a wobble, aren't they? Ban- yeah, but Banbury will certainly fancy themselves at home. So, yeah. Mm, and they've got Brack- Bracknell have been really good, haven't they? FA Cup wise this year, and I think think they're top of the top of the league as well, one of the southern leagues as well. So, Altrium going to them, who've lost a few players in the last few weeks, might might um, yeah might give it. I mean, being 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 as we're the top ranked team left in the competition, Barnet, I fancy our chances. Torquay in the relegation <laughs> zone as well. Wembley's two stops down the road on the tube line. Yeah, the thing, the thing is, Trevor, what you've got to remember is some some of the clubs still in that competition are struggling in their mm. respective leagues, and and it gives them a, it gives them an, an, an escape. But obviously, mm. Barnet Barnet have got other things on their mind now. Mm. Going going for like a, a playoff place, so mm. you know maybe there's a slight advantage to those clubs. Nothing to lose, chaps. You just go out and, and play it again. Yeah, I'd say probably the intriguing one, maybe Maidstone and Eastley, literally because mm. Maidstone have got very little left to play for, but Eastley have only lost three times at home this year to Wrexham, Notts County, and then to us last Tuesday. It's a tough place to go, um, but you may know Maidstone knocked out Notts County on penalties in the last round, so. You know, yeah. they could be the surprise team, couldn't couldn't they? I, I don't, you know, who knows? But then when you move to the Vars, again, sixteen sides left in it as well. When it comes up, and there it is. And what have we got? The um, the one that sticks out is the holders of Newport Pagnell are at home to Jersey Bulls. Mm. And obviously, Jersey got a bit of pedigree. Um. So often the side gets back to back to Wembley to um to to uh 
defend their trophy. Although a few of the northern sides have, haven't they, Chris? In the yeah, in the past, but it's yeah. hard to do. But there was a couple of there was a couple of things that I picked out in the non-league paper that um, Phil Annette, who does an FA Cup fact, but he does an FA Bars one as well, and Ed, Bar Newport Pagnell, none of the other fifteen have ventured past the quarterfinals of the Bars in the past. So it shows how difficult it is to get through as well. The other thing I picked out yeah. was Brixham, who are away at Caution. And Brixham are the only step six club. So it's the lowest level you've got that you can mm-hmm. enter into the Vars in. They're <clears> actually still in. And when you think a lot of these start in the qualifying rounds as well, before they get through to the first round proper, yeah. Yeah. You know, to get this fast, tremendous, isn't it? Unbelievable. It's yeah, like a proper really. journey, a real journey. There we go, Caution. One of seven clubs that started their campaign this season in the first qualifying round. So 16 clubs and just under half of them started in the first qualifying round back in September. So it's like wow, 12 wow. games. <clears throat> it's amazing, it? it is. It's amazing to do. Obviously, Pete, we've still got Sussex in- interest in Peacehaven and Telscombe. Yeah, they're having a good season, aren't they? They are in this, yeah. They're not doing too bad in the Southern Combination Premier Division either. They're up there. Um, so we never know. Might get Sussex represent- representation at Wembley twice in two years, having had none in the entire history of the competition. Usually, the way it goes, bizarre, isn't it? Like, bus- like buses, mate. Yeah, bizarre, <laughs> isn't it? The way, bizarre, the way it goes. Anyway, we'll move on from the from the from the Vars and the Trophy. Good luck to all sixteen sides in both. Sections of the, of the competition to say just three wins from Wembley now, so you can, you know, it really starts to get a little bit real more than it does the rest of the way through. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll move on to Scunthorpe United, who, as we knew last week, uh, one of the guys we had on the podcast during the summer of one of our summer specials, Jimmy Dean, bless you, Chris. Thank um, you. Who was manager of Peterborough Sports at the time, um, has been given the chance to take over at Scunthorpe after their takeover as well. And obviously he's had a lot of success from step six right the way up to, to step two. And I think Peterborough Sports have hit a little bit of a of, of a buffer now. Yeah. Seeing that a lot of managers don't get a chance to make, you know, a huge step up, even though the success they've had at, at, at the low, lower levels, do you think it might be time again where clubs start to look at and for example Pete obviously the job Adam's done at Worthing right the way up from step four-ish to two 
Um, you know, even even Kevin Phillips at what he's done at South Shields, Chris, as well, is going to yeah. make people yeah. have a look at that. Do you think maybe now with, with Jimmy going up to there, we're going to see a little bit more of people taking a chance on managers a bit lower down? You hope so. Because uh, you, you, managers are only going to find out how good they are by being given opportunities. I think, you think of Kevin Phillips, you, you'll struggle um, to, um, you'll struggle to find a club where you've got such a, a, a professional background of a, in terms of the club structure. Um, yes, it might be a step up, but the step up might be to a club that hasn't quite got the infrastructure South Shields has, so that would be an interesting one. Uh, Jimmy certainly got a job on his hands, um, but it's like like a lot of things. If you get like a, a takeover and you get a bit of an injection of cash and you get a bit of momentum, it's it's difficult to stop at times. You look just what you saw at Everton at the weekend as an example. Um, and you just get the feeling that Scunthorpe could very easily go on a, a run to get themselves well away from relegation. I've kept a close eye on it because... Obviously, if Shields go up, well, when Shields go up, um, they're going to be in the National League North and should Scunthorpe get relegated, they'll go into there. Yeah. Because I look at Oldham and Gateshead, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, I, it's one of those, I think, I think there'll be a few clubs in the National League itself now just looking over their shoulders with what's happened at Scunthorpe. 16 games left, Pete. Do you think they've got enough time to get out of the mess? They're not majorly adrift of those above them, but they haven't got long to leave it, have they, if they're going to make a run for it? No, it's so I reckon he's, he's, you know, next next five or six games are going to define the season, I think, for them. Uh, yeah. they've, they've really got to pick some points at these next five, six games before that 10-game that ten, ten running. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but I think, it, I think it's a, a, a great appointment. It's nice to see somebody from, you know, because obviously Peter's Sports isn't isn't a football giant. Um, no. obviously it's done brilliant to get them promoted last season. So yeah, be, be, best to look to him. But like I say, I think I think they were looking at bringing some. You know, I think one of the things I read was that they're looking at get, you know strengthening the squad straight away. Yeah, yeah, they did that. Yeah, <clears throat> on Thursday. Yeah, so so obviously you know Jimmy's already done his homework and is got his eyes set on some players that might be able to turn the fortunes around. And, yeah, good luck to him. But if they do get relegated, then, you know, what more could you want than a two games against South Shields next season? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. I think, um, uh, I mean, uh, speaking to a, a lot of our supporters who were, obviously we were playing on Friday night, were a bit, bit concerned that, you know, the bounce everywhere, the new players and everything was going to, you know, carry them through... To whatever there was over five thousand, I think, in the in the ground, which was fantastic, which shows you know the level of support they've got and everything. But I felt those signing five players the day before they played us. I think all five sat on the bench. The six one Sean Shields couldn't play because he signed from us, so that was a stipulation in him going there. Um and the bounce I felt was was all off the pitch because Jimmy's got two weeks from Friday till they play again. So he's got all that time to get some, yeah. you know, cohesion in and everything. You're not going to get that in 24 hours, um, yeah. which is why I felt we, you know, we would win reasonably comfortably, reasonably professionally as well. Um, but I think having that two-week window he's got now, yeah. I think will give him that, you know, chance to actually put it together. If they were straight into another game, say Tuesday night or next Saturday, 
Um, you're, you're almost fighting against the tide, aren't you? Yeah, he can get his ideas across in these two weeks, can't he? The, the way he wants the team to set up, the way he wants them to play. So, and 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 bed the new signings in, get get the lads used to each other, all the rest of it, um, each other's style of game. So yeah, it can only benefit the club as a whole, I think. And if I think as well, playing us on the Friday night rather than say a Gateshead um, or a Oldham or something would have given him maybe a little bit of false hope where he's looked at it and gone, I can see exactly what, um, yeah. you know, what, what I've got, what I haven't got, uh, you know, yeah. and that will give him the, um, the chance to, um, you know, put those, put those bits together. And mm. that brings us nicely onto Southend United. And we're, uh, we're joined by Liam Ager of the All at Sea fanzine, Southend United fanzine, who are working in conjunction with the, Southend United's a Trimpers Trust at the moment to try and do something to try and save the club. Liam, welcome to the show. Hello, Trevor. Hello, all. Thanks very much for having hey, me on. Thank you, welcome, Liam. Thank you very much for coming on. Obviously, a- absolutely delighted to speak to you about the terrible plight of the football club that I know and love. <laughs> it's not fantastic, <laughs> is it? We've um, I was reading. Um, we've, we tried. To, we've been trying to get someone. On so we can obviously learn a little bit more, and when you know we know some things, but just so we can clarify the facts and everything. I was reading the Daily Mail article this morning. Well, that's a good place to start if you want the facts, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was actually the worst. It was just the bits I was picking. Actually, some of the things in there I thought actually I've heard a little bit more than that, but we'll we'll sort of come to that. It's amazing how Meghan Markle is at fault for Southend United's demise, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, she begins with an far from Ron Martin, is she? as it goes but we're sitting here now on the on the Monday evening as we record which is the 6th of February and we're looking at 23 days before potentially Southend United cease to exist talk us through the last however many years you want to go but in a nutshell <laughs> um, well that's a dangerous game what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll save you uh, I'll save you years and years and years and we can skip forward to like I don't know, pre-COVID would probably do it. Yep, go for it. Or we could do the global financial crisis in 2008. Ron Martin is a Ron Martin is the chairman of Southend United. He bought the club um, round about the millennium. Uh, so he's been the chairman and owner for all of that time. He is a property developer by trade. And one of the things that he promised to do when buying the club was to move the uh, club to a new ground, which would be fit for purpose. Roots Hall until 1988, when Glanford Park was built in Scunthorpe, was the newest football ground in the country after it was built in 1955. But as you can imagine, um, a football ground built in 1955 doesn't really earn that much money other than the 23 match days or whatever it is a year it earns so like lots of modern football clubs we decided that we wanted conference facilities we decided that we wanted to host weddings we decided we wanted a bar all of those sorts of things that bring revenue into a lower league football club all of that revenue becomes uh, a constant stream which can be reinvested into the playing staff hopefully get us further up the leagues more crowds etc 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 you know that that has been his plan sort of since he's owned the club um he has not achieved any of it really it's the, it's the short answer and in all the time he's talked about doing it he's run out of money in uh in doing so so we had an agreement with Sainsbury's uh up until about 2010-ish who were going to buy uh the land that Roots Hall was on um that collapse 
when supermarkets decided to move away from bigger town center stores town center stores and decided to move into sort of like metro supermarkets and big out of town shopping centers so that collapsed uh then there was talk of um having uh, the club built uh, the new stadium built on like a retail park that didn't work out either and uh, now we finally got a scheme agreed which would have been a uh, couple of years before COVID, um, although that got signed off like properly by the council, I want to say like December 2020. Is so it's all Fossets sorts Park of it all, development. That's the Fossets part. That's the Fossets Farm development, and that includes um, hundreds of dwellings, their houses and uh, houses and flats, as well as the redevelopment of Roots Hall as uh, a series of flats as well. So finally, that got planning permission. Um, but Ron, has, it's it's just been so long coming that Ron has essentially run out of cash. So uh, in all of that time, as a as a property developer, he doesn't have a constant source of revenue. His income is relied upon by selling off land, recognizing a huge amount of cash, uh, and then and then paying off a load of debt that you've incurred in the meantime while your running costs of various businesses uh, uh, run up. Um, so we've essentially just sort of run out of cash. He's run out of land to sell. Um, we've run out of cash. Uh, and in that sense, it's sort of been this this constant repetition. We've been in the high court multiple times, probably getting on for double figures over the last yeah, 10, 10, 15 years. 10 in eight years, I think it was, I read earlier, or 10 in 12, something like that. The thing is, Trev, that you could name, you could give me any number there, whether it's from the Daily Mail or not, and I would believe you. There's nothing, there's nothing I would rule out at this point. So... Um, so realistically, uh, we so we haven't got any cash. We've still been um, bringing money into the business, which is where we need to pay VAT. We haven't got any cash, so we haven't done that. HMRC, who have taken us uh, to court uh, 10 times over the last eight years, as you say, are sick to the back teeth of us. Um, because there's one thing, you know, people people don't like the tax man, but if you can't pay or are struggling to pay, you ring them up and talk to them and they will mm. say, okay, let's work together. We want you to pay, you want you to pay, let's work together. But they, they're sort of well past that now. Um, and so they go straight to the winding up petition uh, straight off the bat. Uh, I was in court on the 18th of January, which was our most recent hearing. And uh, the club was pushing for an adjournment, i.e. we wanted another uh, six weeks in order to get everything sorted, to present evidence to the judge that the, the tax bill had been paid or that it was imminently due. HMRC, uh, at the prospect of that adjournment, were not interested. They really are. They really have had enough. Um, and through my sort of uh, very, uh, I, don't, I don't have a legal background or anything like that, but we've had a few people reach out to us online. Uh, so I've been speaking to a bloke who, uh, an Oldham fan, has about 15 years worth of um, insolvency experience uh, as a solicitor uh, or as a legal professional, I should say. I don't know exactly what his job title is, um, but he has basically said this, you know, this is it. You either pay that bill or you're done. Uh, and so... Yeah, uh, we'd we'd put it all at about fifty fifty. I reckon it really, it really, really is um, a worrying time. So, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. What what Ron's said is there's going to be a five million pound bridging loan, which bridges the gap between what he's missing at the moment. But that's obviously a loan that's then borrowed from somewhere else that's then got to be paid back against no money coming in at the moment. So there seems to be another shortfall. Is that does that sound about right? 
yeah, we're hoping that this we're hoping that the bridging loan is sort of like the final the final key to it all. So where planning permission has been agreed for the new stadium, yeah, we are coming close to uh, the new stadium is being built or the prospective new stadium will be built on our existing training complex right now due to due to legal requirements you can't demolish existing playing fields and sports facilities without building something of equal uh caliber isn't the right word but equal standard equal standard so we're building our new training pitches once we've done that we will enter phase two of the development, which is to knock down our current training facilities and build a new stadium on top of it. That the 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 um, beginning of that phase of the development will release funds, which should and which is designed to allow us to fund the development. However, you're right. The bridging loan is essentially a sort of pay a business style payday loan to get us to that stage, whereby those funds are released, paying off the payday loan or paying off the bridging loan. Sorry. Uh, but obviously the worry is that that all of those funds that are released to fund that development will then go on uh, uh, servicing debt and then we won't have enough money to finish phase two which means we won't get to phase three which means more cash won't be released which means more more so you know the the cycle could potentially you're absolutely right it could potentially go on indefinitely Um, but such is the way with football governance in this country at the moment uh, there's not really an awful lot that the fans can do other than hope. Pete, who 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 do you blame? The chairman. It's Ron okay. Martin's you, fault. Right. Okay. It's it's squarely lay the entire thing at his feet. He has he has failed to deliver on his promise to get this move made, and the he has not relinquished any sort of control. He has sectioned off different aspects of the club. So Derby County, a famous example of a club selling the ground to its owner in order to generate cash. Um, I think we were doing that before it was cool or certainly before it earned us any money. Um, (laughs) So Ron Martin, through a different company, owns the land and the stadium as, as as a single entity. He owns the football club as a separate legal entity. I believe, and I might be wrong here, but I believe he owns the like the training ground as another legal entity and the prospective new land as another legal entity. And even if it's not, you know, separate companies, what he's done is he's divvied up the sort of the, the yeah. bricks and mortar value of the football club. He's he's separated that from the sort of intellectual property of the football club. So he has he has he has absolutely got himself and us into this mess. Uh, okay. So I okay. So you, you talk you talk about all these planning permissions this needed to fall into place for that to fall into place to provide funding to pay this to pay that to pay the that. <laughs> he's laying the blame at the chairman's door, uh, which is which is fair enough because it, 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 he owns he owns the gas. Um, how, can can you see your way out of it at this stage? Um, that's the million pound question, isn't it? It's a mm. it's a hard one to answer, Pete, because we've been doing this for we've been doing this for years now. So the way the way out of it, because what, what I'm thinking is these these debts have accrued over a period of time. Now I, sure. I read something that you, you you're losing a million pound a season, and and that in any business is totally unsustainable. Yeah, we're on about two hundred grand a month since we were relegated out of the football league. It was previously about a hundred grand a month, but we're on about two hundred grand a month. Yeah, which is a lot um, of options. 
yeah yeah uh no one's got a lot of money around at the moment so uh, so Sorry. that's not that's not brilliant oh you don't oh, well if, even if you wanted to he wouldn't sell so this <laughs> i think the other um, thing as well liam is obviously it's not it's not a tiny little football club that's that's, that's, that's just going to disappear out, out of its community Six thousand almost you had there on saturday against york you know and that's a that's a norm five and a half thousand average isn't it for you this season as well but it's not just the football club that disappears that the supporters will lose it's the suppliers that supply the burgers that print the programs that do this that do that it's a whole community that that loses out not just you know a couple of people here and there like ron martin yeah you're absolutely right you only have to look at the shell that is uh gig lane and the surrounds mm. to to look mm. at to look at the effects that can that can be felt across the community and across the local economy as well because that's not just people's saturday afternoons that becomes that's people's jobs that's people's livelihoods and then that's other people then spending money in the local economy and that's and that's the overall quality of life in the town and in the town and in the local area um we've we're rightly very proud of the loyalty that our fans show five and a half thousand was sort of averages that we were getting in league one in terms of home supporters anyway you know that that core is a solid core um, and it, it fluctuates, but only by a couple of hundred. And then you only you, you notice when, like, if we were to get a decent cup game, if we were to actually get into the first round of the FA Cup or something like that, then you would see, um, you know, we, we used to we we were playing clubs like Ipswich, and we would have played Charlton, and they would they would sell that away end out, and and that makes a real difference. And and without uh, wanting to sound like a proper uh, belt. Um, we had easily brought about 59 on a Saturday afternoon the other week. And that is just not in, in terms of, in terms, in terms of the size of the club and therefore the sort of uh, f- uh, fiscal responsibility of the club, 59 away fans just doesn't put enough cash yeah. into the business for us to be able to do it. Um, so yeah, it's really worrying. It's really worrying. Uh, it's, it's really stressful. The, the, the way out there's, there's two ways that the sort of best case scenario is that um, everything's fine. The stadium gets built. The sort of sustainable business model uh, is is effective and we yeah. slingshot our way back into the Football League and we find ourselves there. We find ourselves staying there. And, you know, where a lot of fans, I think, you know, the natural pecking order of, of our club would probably be sort of top end of League One, perhaps. And we, and we find ourselves maybe even getting a foothold in the championship for a couple of years, akin to like Brentford, uh, uh, or what Brentford have done, obviously. And then maybe yeah. even if we were to really, if we were to really work at it, flirt maybe even with the Premier League, that's real pie in the sky stuff. The worst case scenario is that um, it all goes wrong in uh, 23 days time or whatever it was exactly that you said. Um, and we pull the trigger on a Phoenix club. No one wants to do that, but that is like a, you know, that is a realistic thing that we're looking at because, you know, we've, we've had this, uh, we had a set, we had a supporters call this evening just before I joined you guys and we had done last week. And we're now looking at the point where it's a dereliction of duty for us, for, for us as South end, South enders, South Indians uh, and our community to not look into doing something like that. If um, um, if you did become a um, a phoenix, Liam, um, where would you play? Which division would you start? Um, what kind of answers could you give? 
Uh, at the moment, I believe we would enter step six of the National League pyramid, which would be the Eastern Counties Southern okay. League. Yeah. I might be I might be wrong about that, but I believe that's us, mm-hmm. which is one uh, rung below uh, South End Manor. Um, who I guess in a very literal, in a geographical sense would be our closest rivals. Um, but as you can imagine, you know, we've spent most of our time, uh, we spent a hundred years in the football league. So it wasn't really something that we considered, but it'd be nice to play them on the way up. Um, so we would, we, we would be a step below the Essex senior league. Um, and we would essentially be looking, we, 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 uh, we had a chat with, um, Andy Walsh from the F- uh, FSA this evening. So we would be looking to replicate, some of the best clubs and how they've slung shot their way up. Uh, so, so looking at what Wimbledon have done, yeah. uh, looking at, um, yeah, just basically looking at copying that sort of trajectory and, and getting as, as far up as we can, as quickly as we can. Um, we, we, you know, we would all prefer it to not come to that. We would all prefer, mm-hmm. as I say, we would all prefer the tax bill to get paid, the development to be completed. And ideally, the best case scenario is that Ron, once everything's done and Ron Martin's got his pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, he, can I swear? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah, he fucks off. And um, I mean, ideally, ideally sells the clubs to the fans, but I won't go too far, but just sells it to someone who's um, at least just cares. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one more question for me. Um, obviously, you know the, the FA is for for all, as they keep telling us. Uh, have they offered it any assistance, help, things like um, that, to the club to try and resolve the situation? Because obviously, the last thing we want is a is another Berry type situation, where you know, or Macclesfield, where we're losing clubs that uh, have got a good that have got a history. The honest answer is. Uh, I haven't heard anything from the FA. I don't know if we have reached out to them. Uh, realistically, we as fans have a very limited, uh, have a very limited impact on the current situation at the club. What we're trying to do, as best as possible, we're, we're looking at all sorts of um, like methods. One of which is uh, protest in terms of generating media attention, in terms of generating publicity, in terms of generating a wider. Uh, a wider knowledge of what's going on at our club yeah, because this has ha- happened with sorry yeah, gone it, it happened Saturday Jeff Stelling on Soccer Saturday at the start of his show mentioned yeah and yeah and as Trevor's already said we you know we was in the Daily Mail this weekend which um you know is is great for us in terms of highlighting the plight but will will anything come of that we just have to we just have to wait and see um but it puts pressure on the chairman because the more sort of stuff like that that ends up on Sky Sports or that ends up in uh the tabloids is is national attention including um your podcast here is national attention that we um we're, we're really keen uh for people to understand what's going on we we have to hope that there's a bit more sympathy and a bit more you know the the uh there was leaked uh tracy crouch's sort of consultation on um the fan-led football uh review um and the government sort of white paper was leaked i think was that last week or something like that mm. so there is intention in terms of like re um rewriting the rules of football governance but um it doesn't really there's not really a lot we can do um so essentially it's just about putting as much pressure on the chairman as we can for us at the moment but yeah no the fa the fa haven't reached out we're um i think that would be something for the club to speak to rather than the fans i think i think just before just before we let you go liam 
what a fantastic job Kevin Mayer, Darren Curry and Mark Bentley have done against the backdrop of all of this to have you competing and bottom end of the playoffs at the moment. Yeah, so they came in in, I want to say, November. Maybe it was October 20... God, I literally lose track of years at the moment. 2021. Um, A a, a sort of rocky start. But about this time last year, we really picked up a run of form. And there was even talk uh, last season of us nicking into the playoffs before our form sort of fell away with about eight or nine games to go. This season, we had a run of something like 12 games unbeaten uh, until we played Mm, Gateshead in November. Um, what, what he's, what, uh, and Kev Mayer is a, is a real legend of the club. He, um, was not a particularly popular player initially, but he got his head down and worked hard. And, um, it, you know, by the time we were in the championship, he was a club captain. He, he really understands what he really understands the situation that the club is in because he's been there before. And he really understands how to tackle it because he has tackled it. Um, and he's the exact, the, he's the literal exact bloke that we needed to walk through the door. Um, he's doing, he's, he's working miracles. Mm. He's got a good team around him. You mentioned, um, you mentioned Darren Curry and uh, Mark Bentley, but it's also worth mentioning um, uh, John Still, who was brought in yeah, over the course, summer. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a legend um, at this level. Uh, he's really uh, what we've really been able to do is is pick up a few gems we picked up louis lomas who we picked up from brackley uh was in i think i don't know if he was their player of the season but he was certainly like um in the team of the season for the national league north last year um and you know we we're suddenly front of the front of the queue for players of that quality and he can't even get in the team um we've put together a really good squad of players they work really hard they work really hard for each other um we are yeah, the the fact that we're even in with a shout is absolutely incredible, and it's 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 sort of come in the worst possible, in the best possible way. It's come at a really frustrating time because all the anger that's being directed towards the chairman, the righteous anger that's being directed towards Ron Martin, is tempered by the fact that the last thing any of the fans want to do is create so much of a ruckus during the ninety minutes that the players start to get distracted because. You know, all the while that we do have a football club, we want to see that team win. We want to see them um, scoring goals and we want to see them climbing the table. And, and that's what they've been able to do. They're doing, yeah, they're, they're performing miracles. You're absolutely right. Brilliant. Listen, Liam, it's been great to have you on. Um, good luck with everything. We hope in 23 days there's still a Southend United because you play Barnet on the Friday after. That's <laughs> up. So I would like to be at Roots Hall then, but potentially I might not be. But that that's your first game after if it all goes well. So... Um, we're, we're, well, you've got you've got my number. It. You've got my number, so you make sure you let me know when when we when you're down, and I'll get you a beer. Of course, fantastic, mate. Lovely Thanks, great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, cheers, 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 chaps. Cheers, Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Well, they're not in good shape, are they? No, no. <laughs> really it doesn't not look good. Shape. Uh, no, I, think, I mean, twenty-three I days. Up, yeah. Obviously, I, I I don't know their ticket prices. Um, I'm I'm thinking about twenty pounds. <clears> Probably, yeah. I know they're cash on. I know they're cash only. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, with sort of you know five to six thousand people, that's generating two and three quarter million pounds a year. Mm. Yeah, plus plus the league yeah. money, plus the TV rights money. Um, you know, I know I know it's expensive, and obviously, Roots Hall is a proper stadium. So whether it's falling it's, down though, that's part of the problem. Yeah, I think that, as that's well. part of the issue. So, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, it's just, you know, if saying losing sort of 200,000 pounds a month, you're like, wow, mm. you've got, you've got, to, you've got to put your thumb in the dike as it were, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. And I think as well, they were trying to, trying to balance it up against getting back to the football league. You've got to put a reasonable budget behind it, but knowing that you've got stadium that's falling apart, mm. you're almost like juggling the balls and, you know, the one that always seems to drop is the is the tax man. Yeah. That's the first one to drop and then you keep trying to juggle all the others, but you still, that one's growing bigger and bigger, actually, that ball that's hit the floor. And it just gets to a point that, you know, as Liam, as Liam said, and I said to him, you know, the amount of times they've been in the high court over the last eight years, though, it's no no surprise that HMRC have turned around and gone, that's your lot, we're not, we're not dealing with it anymore. But, yeah. Um, yeah. That... you know, it's, it's, it's a shame no one has come in and advised they've helped or anything like that and that's the one thing i hope that when this um it, the independent regulator comes in that they take an absolute grip hold of this sort of thing and mm. you know it's almost steer the ship out of out, out of danger because 100 100 and i think did i have 116 years in total 101 years yeah. in the football league that's a lot to be losing yeah yeah still much it, it yeah. really is isn't it yeah and like I say, we've we've had massive soft size holes in the past with clubs going, and I, you know, I was hoping after Berry that those days would be would be mm. behind us, that that people would step in at certain points and go, right, we need we need to take control of this, and that still does not seem to be happening. No, whether it's no. the, whether it's the owners that uh, you know of the club, to, to, instead of asking for help or seeking seeking advice from it they're just sticking their head under the duvet as it were and hoping to somehow happen that they'll suddenly miraculously be able to pay the bills sounds like the, you, the owner, and, owner and chairman just wants to do it his way right guys we'll uh, we'll start to wrap up now we've got a couple of odd little bits to mention that we Pete? a couple of managerial departures we've had in the last four or five days yeah <clears throat> who you got Oh. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I thought you were just saying we've got a couple of things. Uh, yeah, it was um, Mr. Uh, Josh Josh Gowling at Hereford uh, departed on Sunday after a while. Uh, so yeah, it was just a bit of a surprise to me. That was all. Yeah, same here. Yeah, that's Hereford. I think is it, Chris? No, no, they they are a Phoenix club, and um, yeah. they won the FA Vars yeah. uh, not too long ago, and took a record. Um, n- number of supporters with them, and um, it just it looks as though they've just hit the buffers slightly. Um, I watched their FA Cup tie against Portsmouth, I think it was mm. first round, and um, to me they looked a bit flat. If I'm honest, it was a it was a flat kind of game, if I remember rightly. And uh, yeah, just seem to hit the buffers. It's it, it's 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 a hard slog. If you look at if you look at what clubs like Fleetwood have done. It makes their success even bigger because it's so tough, as you know, in that National League and obviously Hereford and National League North, it, it's bloody hard. <laughs> so um probably just had enough. I think's probably probably just had enough. Was that a mutual yeah, one, it... Pete, did you say? Or was it sorry? Was that a mutual one or was he sacked? It it looks like he was uh looks like he was sacked to me. The way, the, the, way it read, the way it reads, anyway. But um, I think but, he had enough, personally. I, 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 yeah, but um, they just look flat when I've watched them. 
Uh, and I, I noticed in, in one of the comments, uh, somebody put that, you know, since, um, is it Peter Beadle? Yeah. Yeah, since, since you know, he, he departed, that it's not been properly right. No. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they haven't quite found the man to fill that gap because he yeah. was there for a Spot while, on. apparently. Spot on, yeah. Yeah, they've tried quite a few managers, Chris, I think, haven't they, to try and replace Beadle? Yeah. They've never... Yeah, but it, hasn't gone up this just kind of kind of hit the buffers at National League North and it's it, it once you've done that it's hard to kick start again mm. which I think is why it, you know Shields for instance struggled last season from having what happened to them in 2020 and then of course another curtailed season um, bloody hard to get going again yeah not wrong and I think then the other one I picked out that I saw happened I think it was Wednesday or Thursday last week was um Steve Lovell leaving Ramsgate in the Ishmael, Ishmael League South East Division with Ramsgate in second. And it first of all, it appeared it was uh, a mutual thing. Then when Steve Lovell released a statement, he was sat because apparently the club wanted to go in a different direction with them sitting second in the table. So apart from only going one place further up, what direction <laughs> could they go? That's a bit strange. Are they, are they scared of promotion? Probably. No, probably no not see. at all. Not really? at all, I think. No, well, if they, if they go up, they get a local derby against Ramsgate. Um, they're on a 3G surface, I believe. So, again, they've not got that issue if they if they go up as well. They've got money generated all the time. Um, no, just very, very strange, really. I think, um, you know, he's obviously doing a fantastic job down there as well. Uh, they have had a little bit of a very, very <coughs> tiny wobble. But they've got some good sides in that division as well. I mean, Chatham have won bar the weekend where they drew 2-2 with three bridges. They won 12 out of 12 at home, Chatham, who went top last week after um, Ramsgate lost. Um, I don't know what more you can do sometimes at some clubs. No, yeah. no. Having said that, South Shields were in second place last year when they sacked Graham Fenton and brought Kevin Phillips in. Very true. Very, Very true. true, yeah. And you didn't get promoted. No. Didn't get promoted. <laughs> Doesn't uh, always we wouldn't work. have done anyway. We wouldn't, that team wouldn't, looking back, that team, I remember the question, oh, she was going to get promoted, and I said, maybe, then yes, then no. But looking back in hindsight, that team would never have got promoted. Mm. Um, not enough good characters in it. You only need one or two wrong ones, and it just naps. You need one rotten apple in a batch, and it ruins the batch, and I think that was the case of what happened last season. Mm. Excellent. Right, well, we'll start to wrap up. Chris, have you anything else to add to the evening's proceedings? <laughs> Big shout out to Robert Briggs, who potentially will make his 350th appearance for South Shields tomorrow night against Liversedge. Excellent. Um, fantastic player. Still Ronnie's favourite player of all. Scored a fantastic goal on Saturday. Just a tremendous non-league midfielder. But for an injury he sustained early in his career, could have gone further. Um Wonderful servant of the club and over two spells. His first spell, he was a very, very young teenager. And then he came back in 2015. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Briggsy. Um, because 350 appearances potentially tomorrow night. Fantastic achievement. Yes, for one club. Yeah, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Pete? Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Sophie Humphreys. And you're going to go, who the hell is that? No, she plays uh, for she Worthing Women, made... doesn't she? Yeah, she's made a hundred pe- appearances for Worthing Women. Oh, brilliant! Um, yeah, she's uh, started as a youngster and 
for all the changes within the women's squad, the women's managers, all the yeah. rest of it, obviously they're flying high at the top of their league yeah. and it looks like they're going to get another promotion this season, doing really well. Um, she's there. She's She hasn't looked the part, but she's just... Every, every time the level goes up, she she's just going up with it and she's brilliant. doing absolutely fantastically. And brilliant. I love young players like that. Who, who yeah, just got the desire to to stick with it, stay with the team, not think, oh, they're better than these players coming in and better than I am. No, she's stuck there and she's still still doing it. Excellent. That's really good. Really good. There's one thing I picked out that I found literally two hours before we started recording tonight. I saw a statement come out on, on Twitter. Um, the talks between the Southwestern Peninsula League and the Western League, the talks have broken down where I think the two leagues were going to merge to um, cut down on the travelling in that part of the country. I saw that, and I saw it was yeah. it was one of the leagues doesn't agree with the other league. That's yeah, to do with the roles and administration and player registration and all that sort of stuff, which is a bit of a worry, really, because it's such a it, that issue seems to be worse in the southwest for travelling than it does even if you're in East Anglia or other parts of the country to get from one uh, one place to another. So. Um, I know they're hoping to involve the Football Association in that, but we want to see that come together. Otherwise, we might be losing a few clubs down the southwest way. Pardon? Send who? Jack Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. He might have a he might have a might have a word or a trip down, mightn't he? Chris, where are you <laughs> off to this week? So obviously South Shields Tuesday night. Saturday. So she's Tuesday night, Saturday, Warrington, uh, Warrington Rylands. Our second trip to Warrington of the season because we've got Warrington Town, we've got Warrington Rylands. So Omega, that's another first for me, new ground to tick off the list. Pete? Uh, home. What, just Saturday? Yeah. Who we got? Yeah. I forgot again there. You got yes. St. Albans Saturday. St. Albans, that's it. Let me remind you. You're such yes. an oracle on all things worthy people. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just, yeah. It's, uh, it's everything cast on my mind, Chris. You know how it is. You know what it is? You're worried about James and how he's enjoying the theatre, aren't you? That's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's on his mind. <laughs> oh. No, he's, he's probably he's, he's probably got some tissues out wiping his tears yeah. at the prices of a cup of tea or something. Yeah. Not on his British Airways, he's fine. <laughs> he was crying at Dover last week about six pounds a pint. Oh, I thought that's just because Sam was standing next to him, but <laughs> he'll have that when he hears that. Well, I've got uh, I can decide where I'm going Tuesday night. It's either it's either Hungerford, East Preston, uh, what was the other one, or Bogner, or stay at home and stream Halifax and Barnet. <laughs> choice of four. So I need a four-sided coin or dice. And then Saturday is either Cray or Carshorton or it's going to be Rust Hall. I can't remember who they're at home to, but it depends on whatever Mr. Ben Strevens is doing because whichever one he can't do, it'll be one or the other with the following Wednesday because they're both at home on the Wednesday as well. So I've got to wait on someone else but I can decide where I'm going at the weekend. So there mm. we go. Uh, so tomorrow night, I would stream the ball again. Yeah, I'm, I'm very tempted to. <clears throat> or, or you can watch Worthing under-18s against Bogner under-18s. Yeah, but Bogner again, it really doesn't appeal to me. I'm not being funny, but, um, I, you know, I'm not just... Don't appeal to many people, to be honest. But... Well, it doesn't now. 400, 442 there on Saturday was, was their attendance, so... 
Uh, no, that's not Saturday. It's Saturday prior. So, but there we go. Let's not let's not get into too much James and Bogner, shall we? Um, no. James, thank, thank you very you. much for this evening. Obviously, we've gone on a little bit longer with uh, having uh, Liam on from the All at Sea fanzine, and we do really hope that Southend can get out of the mess. It's, yeah, it's not nice. I've seen it seen it happen to the football clubs disappear, and we've all seen it from afar as well. So, fingers crossed in 23 days' time, they're still playing on day 24. So, fingers crossed for that one. Uh, that's it for us for another two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Bye for now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.